Welcome to Crab Takes and Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK, joined by my guy, Andrew Holly. Holly, how we doing, man? Doing well, TK. End of summer blues somewhat here. Everybody's going back to school. They're back to school sales. You have the Ravens. So take heart. Preseason's almost over, and that first game is a coming. Yeah, we're just about halfway done the preseason, a little bit more uh, more than halfway, the dog days of August, until uh, September rolls around and brings us some NFL football. I uh, got a lot to talk about, so let's just jump right into it. The last time we were with you guys was uh, right before that Jags game, and we, we uh, released the episode a little bit late, but that's all right. So since then, the Ravens have had a few weeks of practice. Uh, they had a game against the Packers in which they won again. So the Ravens stay on top of the all-time preseason rankings. I think They've we've won like the Dolphins, I believe. Uh, yeah, as, uh, for the longest uh, win streak. Yeah, uh, fifteen so those preseason Ravens can't you can't touch them in preseason. I, I mean, believe. give us give us the trophy now. Pretty much is is uh, what I'm hearing. Um, you know, if we do talk about that Packers game just really quickly, because it's almost a week ago at this point, um, just wanted to talk about some of the good players that I saw, some guys that really have not shown as much as I would like them to. Uh, the first guy that I want to talk about is Justice Hill. That guy's got some burst, man. He's, he's definitely not just a guy that can come out of the back backfield and catch passes, but he showed some impressive ability. Uh, running between the tackles, cutting back against the grain, breaking tackles, scoring a touchdown. So I'm really impressed with Justice Hill. He's put himself in the conversation to get a lot of touches uh, in the in the regular season out of that backfield. What do you think about Hill and uh, what he's brought to the table? He's brought some excitement. There's no question about it. And and the the stable of running backs the Ravens have right now is deep. I mean, you mm-hmm. think about you think about the fact that going into the, the Packers game, you're like, God is is Dixon going to get any touches? And then he ends up being the second guy out, you know, following Ingram, you know? So it's interesting. Now you also have to wonder, are they showcasing him for a trade or, you know, some other interest? I mean, you got to think about that too, at this point in the, in the, in the preseason, but, but back to justice Hill, I mean, what a weapon the Ravens now have with speed. I mean, think about, think Mm -hmm. about a package with justice Hill, Lamar Jackson, Hollywood Brown, Boykin, I mean, Chris Moore, I mean, oh my God, the speed on the field's outrageous. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's something that the Ravens haven't had in a really long time is all that speed. And, uh, you know, Justice Hill, you know, like I mentioned, he's like forcing missed tackles. Um, you know, he's not just some little guy who's who's going to oh, you know, yeah. go down with, with like the, the brush of a, a hand or something like that. So I've been really impressed with him. Uh, and, uh, you know, early on, we didn't hear much about him in practice, but, uh, definitely in the games he's showing up and, and, uh, it's a really good sign for him to do that. Um, speaking of Hollywood Brown, I I think they're doing the right thing, keeping him off the field. Um, it just doesn't seem like it's worth it to me and, and just ease him into it as the regular season comes along. But, um, I did have an interesting thought. Uh, well, maybe it's not that interesting, but last year we talked a lot about the Chris Moore end around. And, you know, once a game, we would we would kind of get yeah. those. I mean, 
And just how much more fun is that going to be with Hollywood running that end around or Miles Boykin? And what about the double reverse? They're going to because they're going to have to keep giving it to Chris Moore, so he's going to start giving it to Hollywood. It's going to be outrageous, and then Hollywood's going to throw it to Justice Hill going deep down the middle. It, I'll tell you what, it's going to be it's going to be fun. But but yeah, man, it's it's wow. And but as far as Hollywood goes. You know, I, I can't agree with you more. I and, and what the Ravens are doing. I, I love the slow play. If if we want this guy to be the guy, we don't have to rush him right now. Boykin is is proving at least right now to be, you know, the guy that we would hope and pray he would would be, not just, you know, not the fact that he's doing what he's doing in preseason is amazing. Mm-hmm. So and and he's looking like a stud. So that I think allows us to continue to slow play Hollywood. Now this this might seem crazy. This is probably overkill. I would put him on pop. Now I don't know what the rules are. Maybe he's practicing enough now that that's not something that's even a viable option. So that you know. Yeah. But that yeah. said, I would almost want to do that. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, hey, I don't think he's eligible for that for that PP list okay. now because he's he's been uh, yeah he's he's been back for a little bit too much. But I I, I mean I, I that slow play is really the way to go. I think they're showing some lessons learned from the whole Brashad Perriman situation. Um, you know he, he tried to come back a few times and mm-hmm. maybe maybe a few times too early and and led to more setbacks. So I think. Uh, you know, this is the right thing to do. As excited as I am and everybody is to see him out on the field, uh, this is probably the best course for the long run and for his career uh, as well. Um, yeah. Another good that I saw from the Packers game was uh, at, at a spot that was creating some concern for me was the left guard. And uh, I thought Jermaine Illuminor was pretty good. And, and, and unfortunately, as we sit here on the eve of um, the dress rehearsal, game three against the Eagles, uh, Illuminor was carted off uh, on Monday um, at, in the middle of practice. So uh, especially uh, disappointing is because he did show well uh, in that second preseason game, but um, kind of throws some things up in the air about, you know, depending on the severity of that injury, and, and we don't really have much information on it now, uh, you know, who takes the left guard spot, who is, um, the backups because Illuminor could have filled in at a few different spots, uh, that kind of throws things up in the air and, and Ronnie Stanley's a little bit banged up as well. So, you know, that left side of the line, not looking so hot right now, but, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I, I would say that's definitely the biggest area of concern for for me and and most folks um that, that follow follow the ravens at this point you know i i i don't know it, you know we were talking before we started recording and you know it, it sucks when you're trying to be positive about the undrafted free agent out of cow that everyone's starting to wax poetic about because everybody else in the left guard competition is crapping the bed, you know, basically, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I certainly hope that Patrick McCarry, who is the, that undrafted free agent, you know, hopefully he truly is the guy that, you know, steps in and Hey, he's that, 
he is the undrafted free agent, you know, that we pick up and right. he makes the team. You know, that's fantastic. You know, you got to then be a little concerned about powers, I think, some if he's really got an undrafted free agent beating him out. But hey, maybe, maybe, you know, he's the diamond in the rough that, uh, that the Ravens always seem to find. And, but it, it sucks having to hope for that. So it's definitely a major concern. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and luckily, we still have two weeks to see how that plays out. I'm really interested to see how those reps get uh, get parsed out in this dress rehearsal game. Um, you know, who gets that start? Is it going to be McCarry or Powers? Yeah. And then, you know, even who starts at left tackle? Um, because, you know, if you have if you have a dress rehearsal and that that Eagles defense is pretty aggressive, pretty fast. Um, I'm not sure that I want Lamar Jackson seeing too much time out there with uh, yeah. with a depth left tackle out there. Um, yeah, you're right about that. You're right yeah. about that. You know, the interesting thing, though, about these joint practices is the the fact that it gives the Ravens a chance to maybe maybe see a player on these other teams that they want to take, you know, and they want to mm-hmm. grab. So, I mean, there might be a player that, you know, is on the verge of getting cut by the Eagles or, or another player uh, from the Jags, maybe who they you know, who who popped for one reason or another, but isn't going to make make the team, and the Ravens can pounce. You know, so hopefully something like that can happen, or maybe maybe even something a little a little out there that we're not expecting a trade. You know, it yeah. do do the Ravens whether. Whether they use draft capital, say that fifth round pick that they were able to get for Vedvik, you know, or or one of the other depth pieces on the team, you know, Dalen Mack appears to be having a pretty good preseason. You know, do they do they roll the dice at, you know, trading a Michael Pierce for, you know, another another guard who's in a similar contract position or something like that with another team or maybe even an established veteran? Um, it, it, who knows what the Ravens could do. It, it, it's, you know, of course, when you get into the salary cap, you're limited somewhat by what, who they trade for, but, uh, it, it's definitely something that will need to be addressed. Um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see the, the rotation of who we have this, this current cast of characters, but I have a feeling whether it's a waiver pickup uh, or a trade or something, the Ravens will probably add to that inventory, especially if Illuminor's injury is is long term for any reason. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we can't talk about uh, we can't talk about injuries without mentioning Tavon Young, who had the unfortunate neck injury. I think it was a disc uh, issue in his neck, so he is potentially gone for uh, the season. But then if he chooses not to have surgery then you know he may be able to come back later and join the team uh, later in the season and hopefully for a playoff push uh but this is a big loss you know it's a big loss but at the same time it's hard for me to want to root for somebody not to get neck surgery that they might need you know what i mean just to continue to play football and, and maybe crunch that neck some more i you know so i hope he certainly makes the best decision for tavon I don't want to see another Zachary Orr situation where, Mm-mm. you know, we've got this great young player and he ends up having to retire early due to injury. I mean, you don't want to see that for any player, but, you know, Tavon Young seems like a, a great player um, or a great, great potential young player for the future, a team leader. Obviously, the team signed him to the, at the time, the largest, 
you know, contract for a slot corner. So he's a, he's a major loss for this season. Uh You know, it, it, Cyrus Jones just made the team most likely. Um, I, I really don't like the idea of of Cyrus Jones being our starting slot corner. I think we're going to end up seeing more of a rotation of other players in that spot. But, uh, but I think that solidified his spot on the team. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure about Cyrus. Uh, you know, he did struggle against the Packers, um, you know, after a good first game. Uh, but that kind of concerns me as well. Um, I just don't think he is he is defensively uh, where he needs to be, uh, you know, obviously not as as good of a player as Tavon. And, and you know, it kind of harkens me back to that Bengals game where, where A.J. Green went off for those three touchdowns, and a couple of them were against Tavon Young in the slot. And the reason that I think about that is it's just a, a reminder that teams are willing to line up their weapons wherever on the field. It's not as though number one wide receiver goes out wide. You know, these guys are lining up everywhere. And when you, get, when you have guys in your division like um, – OBJ and Jarvis Landry and Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, they can go and and pick up schemes that are going to pick on the weak link. And right now that might be Cyrus Jones in this defense. So like you said, I think we might go with more of a rotation. It it gives um, Wink Martindale an opportunity to put a lot of those talented safeties on the field at the same time if we go with like a big nickel. So having Deshaun Elliott and Anthony Levine on the field at the same time, or even having Brandon Carr, Marlon Humphrey, and Jimmy Smith on the field at the same time. So it's not as though the Ravens don't have options. You know, they'll just have to be creative uh, and and really work out how they're going to most effectively fill Tavon's spot. So that's maybe another thing to watch in this dress rehearsal, uh, because the Eagles have some pretty good wideouts, uh, some pretty fast yeah. wideouts as well. So, you know, how do, how do the Ravens adjust to that uh, without Tavon? Uh, you know, who hasn't played in the other two games, obviously, but, um, you know, just got to keep an eye on, on uh, who is getting those reps and where they are lining up as well. Um, so, I, I mean, the Ravens were, were pretty healthy. For, for the first part of camp and the injury bug seems to uh, be rolling around, you know, rearing its ugly head now. But, uh, you know, again, we do have a couple weeks until the regular season starts and hopefully some of these guys can get back. Um, we did talk about some of the guys that are that are showing positive. Um, you know, one guy that that I had on my bubble uh, that has played really well and played himself off of the bubble is uh, Patrick Ricard. I mean, he's just been really good. Uh, on the defensive line, he's he's shown up as a fullback as well. Gotten a few carries as a as a fullback, and you know he was basically basically just on my bubble because of usage. Uh, you know, at the end of last year, he didn't get used that much, but he is just proving himself uh, uncuttable as as a two way player. I I agree with you there. He's like the the Kyle Usechek of of defensive linemen. I mean, the fact that he's able to to play pretty much all across the defensive line, play fullback, you know, even tight end in some formations. I mean, just just unbelievable versatility for a player in this day and age. And the Ravens really, you know, have something there. I think they know that. He doesn't make a ton of money. 
you know, there's no reason to get rid of that versatility unless you really have somebody else in the wings that in, at either position that's mm-hmm. going to take that's going to take his spots. Because let's face it, that's really his niche. I don't know that, and I could be wrong. Maybe Patrick Ricard is that Kelly Gregg that you know becomes a starting nose tackle, you know, in the league yeah. down the line. But I mean, I don't want to put that past him. But at least for right now, this versatility, that's why he's in the league. There's no question. That's why he's in the league. I don't know that he would make the grade necessarily as just a fullback. And I don't know that he would make the grade as just a defensive lineman. But the versatility he provides in those two spots in one position player is freaking crazy for for the NFL. I mean, that's that's awesome. Um, And you're right. He's been looking great no no matter where they put put him. You know, despite what I've just said, this preseason, he's looked great at each spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if we stay on the defensive line, maybe two guys that, you know, at least to me, aren't really doing enough are, are Zach Seiler and Gerald Willis. I just think that Willis is kind of playing into his scattering report that he's inconsistent. You know, he has some pretty good snaps and then the next one he's like invisible. And I, I just don't think that's enough as a, as a undrafted free agent uh, for you to do that and not, you know, really shine and is what you have to do to make the team. And then Zach Seiler was the seventh round pick from last year and, you know, just haven't really been seeing much of an impact from him either um, in the practices nor uh, the games. So do you yeah. think those guys are Ozzie, in a little Ozzie bit of danger? Newsom's last pick. Ozzie yeah. Newsom's last pick. Um, yeah, I think I think they're both in danger. Um, there's no question. Uh, you know, there are too many other areas of the team where depth is either going to be required or it's already there. You know, mm-hmm. so you've got to pop, you know, especially in the case of Willis. You know, when you're an undrafted free agent, you've got to pop. You know, you've got to have the moments where, you know, this kid Macari and practices with both the Jags and the and the Eagles and in some of these preseason games, apparently has gotten very high marks across the board from Pro Football Focus and you know other other you know scouting organizations. So you know he's obviously popping. Maybe he's not going to pop to to you or I necessarily right away because he's a guard, but or a tackle or whatever you want to call him, jack of all trades, offensive lineman. You know, but that said, he's still popping in his in his own right. Then you've got a guy like Alaka at linebacker. He's popping. Mm-hmm. You know, he might actually make the team as middle linebacker depth. And I kind of want to see that happen because is he the next in line of the, you know, Peanut Owasso and, uh, and uh, sorry, what's what the, our other starting linebacker who came out of nowhere? I'm, I'm Chris Board. on his name. Thank you, Chris Board. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got these two undrafted middle linebackers who look like they're suddenly studs. Who says Alaka? isn't going to be the same. I mean, now granted it's another situation where you've got a guy playing late in football games, probably getting a lot of tackles out of it, whatever. But Hey, if you're popping as a young player and getting high marks on pro football focus, that's what you need to do. Gerald Willis is not doing that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I think he's definitely on the bubble. Siler, you know, he's, he's kind of, he popped a little bit last year. He hasn't done that this year. You know, I, I don't know if he just got a little too comfortable thinking, oh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm on the team still because he had a, a, a better than expected maybe rookie year. 
but he's definitely on the bubble as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, again, hopefully he, can, he he still has some some weeks left to show up as well. So, um, you know, with Siler, and you mentioned he was um, Ozzie Newsom's last pick. I mean, Eric DaCosta's already shown that he's not really a, a prisoner to nostalgia uh, by cutting Jordan Lastly pretty early on. You know, he, he is willing to move on from players that he doesn't feel uh, really fit here or, you know, aren't performing well enough. So it wouldn't really be a huge surprise to see some, some previous draft picks get cut so that uh, uh, DaCosta can get some of his guys that he likes a little bit better. Uh, and, and keep them in the organization. I would agree. You know, he's got to make he's got to make the team his own. And you know, hey, it, the bottom line is the NFL. What do they say? It stands for not for long. You know, mm-hmm. guys got to continue to perform. There's always someone behind you stepping up, and it may not be your in your position group. It may be that guy that plays defense that you know is just stepping up, and you end up being the guy that gets cut. So yep. you've, you've got to come to play every day and, uh, you know, we'll just, we'll just have to see how, how it plays out. But I think there are a lot of guys, uh, I think, was it Wink Martindale the other day made some kind of statement. If you think you're on the bubble, you are. Yep. Yep. That's so true. That yeah. is so it's true. Yeah. That is such a great statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even if you don't think you're on the bubble, you, you might be. So Yeah. You better so, play uh, like it. Yep, yep, absolutely. So the Ravens just got done their joint practices against the the Eagles in Philadelphia, and um, you know the Eagles have a really good roster, uh, you know, depth wise as well as you know top top of the line talent. Uh, you know, they're they're kind of across the board the the pick or the favorite to win the NFC East. So you know these two practices were really a good test uh, for the Ravens. And I think the thing that stood out to me most was Lamar Jackson and the red zone offense. Yeah, it, it, it's been exciting to watch. Well, really, Lamar in general. But, but watching, you know, Lamar, that connection with Mark Andrews is there. Obviously, Hayden Hurst, too. They're both popping that red zone offense. But the running game, I'm trying not to get excited, TK. I'm trying <laughs> not to. But it's hard not to right now. It's it's it could be a fun year. It could be fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, the red zone offense is one of the areas where where the Lamar offense struggled the most last year. And um, you know, the fact that they were able to punch it in a few times uh, in the air and on the ground against uh, a pretty talented defense that the Eagles have, and, and a very very deep defense that the Eagles have, uh, I think it's a good sign because. You know, as much as they're, the Eagles aren't really showing their best defense or, and their best schemes, we're not really doing that either. So, I mean, you know, kind of on an even playing field, our, our offense is still gelling together uh, while they have some more returning pieces than we do on that side of the ball. So, you know, it, it, I, I am really encouraged by that. And, and like you said, I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to get too excited uh, because it is just practice and it is just the preseason. But for talking look, you practice, get... man. Practice. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. There you go. A little Philly reference for you. But uh, look, 
it's it's fun. It, it is it is fun to hear that kind of stuff rather than like, oh, Ravens really struggled in the red zone today. Yeah, like it's it's the just defense, a lot. The defense really overpowered the offense. Yeah, right. Today. Right, oh, right. Oh, yeah, like God. yeah, receivers not getting any separation. Like uh-huh. no, we're we're getting the ball in. Like Lamar Jackson yeah. putting the ball in good spots. Mark He's Andrews is going lasers. up there and grabbing it. Yeah, right. That is so much more fun to read and to hear about than than what we've seen in the past years. Um, you know, I think what was it? Do we have the Rams last year and the Rams corners like dominated? And it was like, oh mm-hmm. boy, this is gonna be <laughs> this is gonna be mm-hmm. tough. But you know, this is good. And and one of yeah. those targets. That uh, you know we haven't really talked much about that that keeps showing up and you know just keeps making one or two three plays every day is Miles Boykin the rookie out of Notre Dame and I think we got a player I think we do too and you know who else does Willie Sneed yeah invoking the name of Michael Thomas yeah I mean it I mean they basically came in together as rookies he saw him as a young player. I think it's, I mean, when just, just body type and everything else, it's a great comparison. I, I agree with you. I'm so excited about Miles Boykin. I was hyped when we drafted him because mm-hmm. I wanted to see the Ravens double up on receiver in the first few rounds. I love that they did it. I love that Boykin was the pick because he's somewhat everything that we didn't get in the first round. He Even though he still has blazing speed, he's big size, possession receiver, red zone threat. All of that, even though, you know, obviously the razzle-dazzle of Hollywood is great, you know, mm-hmm. you've got more of the prototypical wide receiver in Bo- Boykin. And, man, it's exciting to see him. If if the Ravens are able to solve their passing game or wide receiver issues in one draft, think about that. That's pretty unbelievable. And you add in the tight ends that they just added – I mean, talk about suddenly having an offense. It's, again, I'm trying not to get excited, TK. I'm trying not to sit here in my purple-colored glasses (laughs) and talk about how the Ravens are going to be the next greatest show on turf. I'm trying not to say that right now, TK. (laughs) But it's hard. I I would not go that far. (laughs) (laughs) That is... I'm yeah. just I'm just kidding with that. But but it, it's exciting, man. It's exciting. Yeah. I mean, e- even the Eagles writers, the beat beat reporters are very excited about the weapons that the Ravens have yeah. on offense. And that's a team that has Carson Wentz, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, Nelson Aguilar, Zach Ertz. Like they're not slouches over there. Yeah. And the writers are still get... impressed by these yeah. young y- these young guys that the Ravens brought in. So. I mean, like that's like that means a lot to me more than, you know, our, our you know, Baltimore Ravens dot com showing highlights and, you know, our yeah. beat reporters writing you know, that the other teams are also like, oh, exactly. man, like these these guys can play other teams and national guys starting to, you know, give some buzz about how good Lamar Jackson looks in practice or mm-hmm. or Mark Andrews or whoever the case may be, you know, Hayden Hurst, it's it's. That's that. I agree with you. That's what's what really starts to get me fired up. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, maybe we can just finish up with the uh, with the Eagles game uh, and which is going to be tomorrow. And, you know, what are some of the things that you might look for here? You know, is it specific positions? Um, is it specific players? Uh, you know, what are, what are you looking for there? 
You know, I just want to look at who pops. I mean, because that to me is what preseason's about. Who's who's going to pop? You know, does Miles Miles Boykin continue to pop out? You know, does um, a guy like uh, Antoine Wesley, you know, show up, you know, and and put his name back in the hat as a uh, undrafted free agent we may keep. And it's similar to the 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 other guys, you know, Makari, Alaka. You know, I'm certainly going to pay attention to Makari, especially uh-huh. if he suddenly gets some first team reps after the 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 buzz he's apparently been getting from the practices with the Eagles. So, you know, that's going to be interesting to see. You know, but otherwise, I want to see. I mean, this is the third preseason game. This is the most we're going to get out of the starters. So I want to see Lamar. You know, I want to see that starting defense. I want to I want to see guys like Chris Wormley. You know, speaking yeah. of guys that have popped, you know, guys that, you know, are in that second and third year that are suddenly, you know, it Wormley, I believe, was injured his his rookie season, basically. Am I correct? Yeah. That? Yeah, that's right. You know, mm-hmm. so He's finally, you know, established himself third year. I mean, I think he's really going to be a player that 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 stands out. I mean, he he just reminds me of that um, Rob Burnett kind of defensive end. You know, maybe not maybe not Rob Burnett as much because he's more of a four three defensive end, but just a big stud, you know, anchor defensive end kind of player and you know not the guy that's going to get all the headlines and all that stuff but that you know lunch pail kind of player that the Ravens seem to develop and you know he seems like a leader I, I just the things that I see of Chris Wormley get me excited you know about is this another Jared Johnson kind of player that young guy that steps up that we develop and and then sign long term down the road um it, it'll be interesting to see see that and see if he continues to pop, um, you know, but, but generally, like I said, I just want to see who, who pops out on screen. How about you? Yeah, that's a great point about Wormley. Uh, you know, uh, he's just that kind of unsung hero. The, I, I'm really keeping my eyes on, on two spots, uh, and they're both going to be on the defense. Uh, you know, we talked about the slot corner position already. You know, how do we address that? Who are the personnel that they use to address that? You know, is it going to be Deshaun Elliott? or Anthony Averett that they try to slide inside, or even Maurice Kennedy, um, or, or Brandon Carr, or another one of the safeties like Levine. You know, how exactly uh, do they address that situation? Uh, the other one is going to be the pass rush. And, you know, we haven't really talked about it uh, today much, but uh, Tim, Tim Williams has been pretty good in the preseason so far. Um, you know, the coaches, the writers, everybody seemed really pleased with him. And, and he has shown up in the games as well, you know, providing hurries and things like that, getting quarterbacks off their spot. Yeah, my concern is that, like, for his whole career, Tim Williams has been known as the pass rush specialist. But for him to garner the early down reps and, you know, kind of take control of that position, is he versatile enough? to set the edge and stop the run and shed blockers and things like that. So I'm keeping my eye on Tim Williams. And then how do um, Tyus Bowser and and Jalen Ferguson factor in, you know, especially when, you know, these top maybe one, two string guys are going to get a lot of snaps early on and maybe through the third quarter, who knows, you know, how do those snaps break down? And, uh, you know, where does Pernell McPhee play in? So that's that's still another spot that might be, still flying under the radar a little bit based on, you know, all the injuries and the uncertainties that we have at other spots. 
but that's still a question mark for us. And, and uh, you know, that's what I'm going to be looking for. Yeah, that's going to be definitely an area of concern we're going to have to pay attention to. I think I think a lot of that, unfortunately, this season, you know, barring some kind of trade, you know, is likely going to be scheme based, you know, as mm-hmm. far as, you know, whatever Wink Martindale can can scheme up to add some additional pressure, whether that's DB, you know, we're playing extra safeties and they're coming down and, and rushing the passer or, or something like that. I think yeah. I think we're going to have to see that to really have that major effective pass rush. We're not going to have that guy. I don't, you know, I, you know, just like, uh, uh, gosh, what's his name said back in the day, Tim Duncan isn't walking through that door. Larry Bird isn't walking through yeah. that door. Yeah. Same idea, you know, with the Rob Burnett's of the world, you know, Michael McCrary's Terrell Suggs, they're not walking through that door. So we're going to have to figure out some other way of getting the job done, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I think it's I think it's going to end up being scheme, but we're going to have to see. Okay, this is this is the third preseason game. I mean, I it, it certainly seems Pernell McPhee has made the team. I think he's he's yes. going to be the starter opposite Judon. I think we can say that. But now is the time for, like you said, Shane Ray, Tyus Bowser. You know, let's go. It, it's time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's time for you to shine and show that you should be making this team. And, and, you know, and, and then we have to go back to those defensive linemen, to Willis and Siler, because do we have to just keep the guys like Tyus Bowser and, and Shane Ray because we need something and we're just going to keep throwing crap at the wall and hope something sticks and, you know, they end up getting cut because those are the roster spots where we could keep Bowser and, and Ray. You know, so it all yeah. it will all impact everything else, certainly. But it's yeah, pass rush is a big, big area for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, it's going to it's it's going to be the scheme. This. Wow. It's going to be the scheme uh, is, is what I meant. And, you know, I, I bet there's a way to find this. And I, I didn't do it before the show. But this the number of snaps or the percentage of snaps on which the Ravens only rushed four guys could not be very high last no. year. Um, you know, you're bringing, bringing pressure from almost everybody. So it's not going to be just four guys rushing all the time, although it, it would be nice to get, to get pressure from four guys, but, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see how that goes against the Eagles and, and the Eagles offensive line is pretty solid too. So that'll be a good challenge for them. Um, so, you know, a couple things off the field, uh, your friend, Bruce Cunningham, you know, with the Ravens as the PA announcer for 20 years announced that he was going to retire. Um, what did Bruce mean to you and the game day experience uh, at M&T Bank? Well, just as as a quick, you know, quick aside to just Bruce, the the announcer, you know, you, you said he's a friend of mine. I, I you know, I, it's not like I'm super close, but I've known Bruce for for roughly 20 years. I, I interned at Fox 45 in college, worked there for a little bit after college you know, always would see Bruce at the ballpark when I worked for the Orioles. And, you know, for those that don't know, I was the first public address announcer at the Aberdeen Ironbirds. And I'd be crazy not to say that <laughs> Bruce Cunningham wasn't a major, you know, part of my style of announcing. You know, I was definitely kind of a, a blend of, you know, Rex Barney and, uh, 
and Bruce Cunningham. I mean, there's just there's just no question about it. So uh, such a huge influence on my life. You know, Bruce was definitely a mentor to me uh, in my younger years. And, you know, we're not I wouldn't. I mean, we're Facebook friends now. I haven't seen him in a number of years, but, you know, just such an amazing guy and person. And I can't stress that enough. He is just one of the coolest dudes. You know, it's almost like you meet him. He sort of looks like and I'm Bruce, if you actually listen to this, I mean this in the greatest of ways. <laughs> he's he's almost like a living version of Ron Burgundy without the silliness. You know, <laughs> so, you know, the silliness and the crudeness, you know, I mean, Bruce is a, is a very, uh, you know, wonderful, endearing man. So I don't, you know, he's not like walking around with a heart on and stuff like Ron Burgundy. But, you know, Bruce is just a great dude. And, and what can you say about his public address announcing at MIT Bank Stadium? Just an amazing voice, mm-hmm. an amazing cadence, the, you know, don't be a jerk. I mean, everything about it. I actually had the chance uh, when I was an intern at Fox to be his, you know, his, uh, his spotter for a quarter. And mm-hmm. so I got to sit there and, you know, help him figure out down and distance during the game and all of that. I mean, such a cool guy, incredibly gracious, amazing in his job. I mean, you just there are too many superlatives. I was shocked yesterday when I saw the news, somewhat disappointed. But then, I mean, you read about his humility and, and, and everything about the statement. I mean, and look, I I was a public address announcer to a very lesser degree, of course, minor league baseball versus, you know, the Ravens, obviously. But when I decided to step down from the Ironbirds, you know, I had moved to Florida and there were all these other things. It was just kind of like I, I, I can't come back up now. And it was it just broke my heart. But at the same time, I knew it was time. Mm -hmm. So I understand exactly what he meant by you start to lose the. There's just something about the grind and it's great and it's exciting, but you will get you, you do start to lose that luster at times. And I look, he's done some amazing things been the announcer from a mate for some amazing games and he, mm-hmm. he will definitely be missed. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, you know, my favorite thing in this, in the stadium is, uh, it's third down. And like, I'll never forget that from, from Bruce. Um, just so awesome. Uh, you know, and, and like hearing the crowd come, like come roaring right after that is, you know, you get chill sometimes in like big games. You're like, oh man, this is cool. And like, he just has so much to do with that game day experience that, you know, no it, it's maybe not something that you immediately think of, but it just kind of sets the tone of, you know, not necessarily what's happening on the field, but the entire, it, the entire atmosphere around it. Is, it is, does. And you yeah. have to extend you have to extend that to the whole Ravens organization, not to take it away mm-hmm. from Bruce, because we're that's that's why we're talking about this. But what an amazing game day presentation! I'm yeah. also I'm also friends with with Bob Popic, who's the the DJ at both uh, MNC Bank and Oriole Park, and he is the one of the coolest guys you'll ever meet. And it, it's fun for me that they that both Bob and Bruce now are are really good friends after working in mm-hmm. the Ravens because I met. I knew both of them at the same time, but I don't think either of them necessarily knew each other 
at the yeah. same time. Anyway, random. But uh, but but anyway, I mean, what a game day experience they provide at the Ravens from all the boards to the, you know, to the music, to the, you know, to Bruce, as you said. And hopefully whoever replaces Bruce will be at, at least at least almost as good as, uh-huh. as Bruce Cunningham. But what a what a great, great game day experience Ravens fans have been blessed with. Bruce was a huge part of that. And, you know, we can't thank you enough, Bruce, if you actually listen to this. Uh, we know you're you're probably all out there going, well, of course he listens to this podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, this but, is where he uh, gets all his ideas. Oh, my God. He's taking <laughs> these ideas and going on the radio the next day because he yeah. knows he's the only listener. But anyway, Bruce, <laughs> we love you. And uh, thank you for everything you've done as the PA announcer for the Ravens. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm really interested to see, uh, you know, we're going to do our segments with Mike Long and go inside the bank uh, for the home games this year. So I'm really excited to see, uh, you know, how he feels different or notices any differences in that uh, in that ballpark. So uh, I think our last topic here is 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 a lighthearted one. We got some news about Ray Lewis. Dancing with the stars, baby. I think I tweeted you that it's going to be gold. We'll see if it's real gold or fool's gold at the end of the uh, the season, but I'm sure it will be gold in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, he'll find a way to, to entertain us, you know, just like he always did. So, you know, good for him. Good for him. Absolutely. It should be fun. Gives gives me a reason to, you know, watch, watch some pop culture that I wouldn't normally watch. Yes, agreed. Those, those, I, those I, great reality shows. I'm not a reality show guy. Are you a reality yeah. show guy? Um, no, not really. And I, I probably, you know, if I'm being honest with myself, I'm probably not going to watch this either. But uh, oh, I'll watch the highlights. I don't think. No, no, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I'll watch the highlights. Were he to make it to the finals or something like that? Yeah, maybe watch it because it's Ray. You know. But yeah. but yeah, I will watch I will watch the highlights on YouTube and laugh. That is most likely what I'll I'll be doing. Yep, yep, for sure. So uh before we sign off, you got a prediction for uh Ravens Eagles? I'm gonna say we'll go thirty seven to eighteen Ravens. Okay, okay. I think the Eagles are gonna knock us off. They're gonna end the end the winning streak. Oh. I think I think it's oh. gonna be Yeah, gonna I know. Be a Carly Lloyd kick at the buzzer buzzer? Ah, yeah, I think so. I did, I did. Banging fifty five yarders, pretty good. Yeah. Um I, I got I got twenty two sixteen Eagles. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. So there's, how do you been, who how do we score? Is it is it like the first half? Lamar Jackson looks good and then we suck the rest of the game or what's going on there? I think it's, I think it's going to be Lamar uh, very similar to the Jags game. Uh, You know, uh, he's going to put up like a a touchdown and a field goal and then the backups against the backups, there'll be a couple field goals back and forth. Um, And I, you know, I think he's going to look good. Um, Yeah. I'll be disappointed if they, I want them to score three touchdowns. I mean, I know this is, I'm not trying to be like I, I know we're we were getting crazy about greatest show on turf. I mean that was obviously a joke, but I I honestly want to see them come out and dominate on offense. 
because the Eagles are mm-hmm. a good defense. So I want to see them come down. I want, you know, if we really are going to get Lamar Jackson for, I mean, will they play into the second half sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's third preseason game. So we're going to get, or at least should likely get a good bit of the starters. I want to see them. I mean, the Eaglers are a good team. I'm not trying to say that the Ravens should dominate them, but that's what I want to see because this is good competition. You know, yeah. I want to see them play well so we can start saying, well, hey, maybe this is real. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing is that, you know, to be a good team, you're going to have to be a good team, uh, especially on the road and against good opponents. So, I mean, this is kind of a good tune up for that as well. Um, yeah, I think maybe 10, 13 points. I, I think Lamar will probably just do one half, especially because of the state of the offensive line. Um but, uh, yeah, maybe 10, 13 points for Lamar, and I'll be pretty happy. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I want I 21. I want three touchdowns, damn it. I All want right. three touchdowns, Lamar. You're, you're dead to me unless you get three touchdowns <laughs> in a preseason game. All so right. I'll, All right. I'm well, going to step off my ledge, and, and we'll call it a day. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. You want to sign us off? Well, as I said, I'm stepping off my ledge. Let's go Ravens this week against the Eagles. Pray for no no more injuries. Good play. Three touchdowns for Lamar.